Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are reviewing aspects of document control. So, with that, why don't we go ahead and start the show? So, uh, Sean, this week uh, we're talking about document control. Last week we talked about estimating, so we're kind of moving around to some of these, what I would call, peripheral processes Mm -hmm. throughout the business area. And uh, document control is another one of those areas where um, how you manage it and how you how you use it and how you do it is very specific to your needs, your environment, and how you do business. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about was was how, you know, that we should start with is how you manage the documents and what documents are we talking about. So when I think of document control, I think of two different types of documents uh, that needs to be managed in the environment. And I... I split them by project-related documents and process-related documents. And you can pretty much put any of your documents in those two buckets. And so somehow you've got to manage manage those documents. So I think from a project-related document control situation, what are your thoughts on that? Well, on a project, I mean, <clears throat> you got to maintain a schedule. You know, okay. anything, anything on a, uh, a project has got to have, you know, the schedule, the scope. And the, and the cost. Mm-hmm. So, so maintaining the control and the understanding of those documents for a given project is is one level. Right. Then you have the other level of, of quality documents and and uh, well, I guess you know you got your drawings, your, your drawings, calcs, anything anything that specs, goes along with the. Yeah. And I just want to go back a little bit. You know, document control. You know, might be a dry subject, but the thing is, if you set it up and you make it clear. What you're doing for document control to maintain, you know, the last rev and and a clear understanding of what is the pertinent information, it'll save you time in the long run. Right. So, so, so do you need? Do you think you need? And we asked this same question last week. Do you need a document control department, or is that going to depend on your size, what you're trying to do with the department, how you're functioning? Yeah, kind of I, I don't think you need a department. It all depends on yeah how big you are, but mm-hmm. but the thing is, really, document control is a it's a process. It's a process that the people handling the documents, passing information back and forth amongst you know other coworkers, that it, it's a recipe that they follow. If you if you follow that recipe with the proper authorities on on you know who approves. You know, a new rev or who new, who approves a change, you know, a change or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, you know, it, it, you don't really need a, a department to manage it. It's just it should be managed by the leader of the organization uh, or of, of that department um, in conjunction with the leaders of the other departments to make sure that the recipe that has been set out originally is followed. So I think that um, a comment that I would kind of uh, counter back to that a little bit is the fact that what about documents like manuals or um, transmittals or some of these documents that usually you think of as being admin-type activities? Do you think that a, a, some sort of group or department would help out with that at all? Well, no. No? <laughs> yeah. So, Jane, you ignorant. No. <laughs> no, I think, like, 
and it's a good point. It's a good topic to bring up because because when you when the items that you mentioned, transmittals. Who's mm-hmm. doing the transmittal? Right, engineering. Engineering. Okay, yeah. so why is there why is there a separate function group person? You know doing whatever to that transmittal. The engineer's got to pull the drawings. He's got to make sure that those are the right drawings. You see, we go back to kind of the same topic and the same idea is that the people that are doing the work should be responsible for the quality of that work, the mm-hmm. completely, completeness of that work. And so if the engineer, if the engineer's got to send documents out, he should do the transmittal or she should do the transmittal along with the correct, the correct documents. Now I keep going back to, there's gotta be a lot of setup. Yeah. There's gotta be a lot of setup. You know, it shouldn't be very cumbersome for them to do it. If you, if you have some kind of process and program that helps with the transmittal, right? Because if you had that, then, then the tracking of each transmittal is then, Automated so that you can find you can find the information that you're looking for after the fact later on. So, first, let me say I agree with you that point of use, point of process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better to have it all done um, by a single resource. I think the reason I'm bringing this up though is is the challenges that I've seen in the past where people use the adage of Do you really want your engineer doing? what they consider admin work, putting together a manual or uh, typing up a a list of documents Mm -hmm. to load up the uh, revision control system, you know, because obviously there's going to have to be some data entry. So you get into, you get into a little bit of that debate. So I I personally like your answer. I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there that say, why am I paying this high end engineer to do what I consider to be admin type activities. Yeah, and I have thought about that a lot. Yeah, having been in a position of leadership in an organization, you know, utilizing people's time for the mm-hmm. you know the most value. But I think in the long run, the most value comes if if the person that owns it takes care of it from soup to nuts. Yeah, you know their 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 area of it. Of course, not outside of their bandwidth because. You would prevent having another handoff then. I, I like to minimize the handoff. So if if there's a transmittal and somebody else has to do some function, some part of that transmittal, well, now there's a handoff. Is mm-hmm. it clear? Is it is it timely? Yeah. You know, so um, I'm trying to think of a good example of, you know, somebody, somebody doing something that, um, you know, is their main job. Right. Um, you know, I don't know, a lawyer writing a document. He reads it at the end. Right. Okay. He, he spell checks it. Or, he spell checks it or mm-hmm. something like that. You right. know, it might not be the best thing, but, but you know, maybe they do have somebody that, that does some of those things. But, you know, in some cases that, that might be, that might work. But if you're, if you're building something, if you're a welder, mm-hmm. right, that, that the quality of that weld should be checked by you, the welder. Don't right. just, you know, weld it next, you know, hope, hope that somebody else catches it. Well, and I think, I think to your point if going back to let's say the revision list um having the engineer load up the revision list i believe makes them have ownership of it mm-hmm. when the customer calls up and says hey what revision are these two documents at as opposed to you being able to say well let me go find out because right. our document control department handles that yeah you know and he has to run off and go find the information 
you know, you make a valid point that if that guy owns it, soup to nuts, mm-hmm. like you like you said, then I think in the long run you've got a better chance of having a better process. Um, the the danger is is that you don't want different processes amongst the engineers. Oh, that's for sure. You, you know, so so having a single source manage some of that information is easier for creating an overall process. You got one person telling all the engineers how he wants it, mm-hmm. okay? As opposed to the engineer owning the process, now you've got 15 or 20 engineers that say, well, I'm going to just do it my way because I know what I want and how, how it's supposed to be. So there is a little bit of a dual-edged sword, but I still agree with you that the, the best way is to have it at the, have it at the source. And, and I think some of the expected pitfalls from what you're saying about having, having or needing a separate group to take care of some of these things, mm-hmm. it's a matter of, to me, trust, training, and leadership. Sure. I mean, you have to trust. You have to trust your people to do it the right way. You've you better have trained them on how to do it. I was going right to say training is the big part of yeah, that. Yeah, you, you've trained them on how to do it the right way, and um, you know you can measure and, and make sure that that you can trust them that they are doing it the right way because there are certain outputs that have to be that have to be reviewed or whatever, whether it's a a project manager or a customer on receiving documents, et cetera. So, well, and I think something that needs to be added to that, and it's a topic that we're going to discuss later, is having an avenue for improving that process, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure the engineer understands that process is not set in stone. If you come up with a better solution and you vet it appropriately, you don't go off like a renegade and just change it on your own, vet it appropriately, talk, talk amongst your cohorts and say, you know, Hey, I think I've got a better way here and change it appropriately. You can always do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not once the process is out there, it's set in stone and we can no longer change amen done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that people need to realize they own the process and they may have been trained a certain way, but if you're in the process, obviously you might see better ways of doing it. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I think that's another aspect another key aspect. So you brought up a minute ago, um, you brought up um, Software. Mm-hmm. So you know, having having a good software solution, something simple, I think is also important to document management, document control. From having good templates in place, yes, all the way through to having a control for how you number it, how you title it, how you write them, uh, how you manage them. You know, how you fill out the title block on a drawing, how you fill out the header on a specification, you know, all that's very important to having a good document control system. So I think that I don't mind having software manage document control, but be careful. I think is my only point there. Don't overcomplicate it. Right. And it's not the answer to all. It's not. It's not. In fact, I have the tendency to now over my years of, you know, because I'm a geek, you know, I've, I've started out my career just loving automation of things, mm-hmm. but that's dangerous if you automate too quickly. You know, so I think you've got to come in, understand the process, and then make sure that you, uh, while you're understanding the process, look for opportunities for uh, possibly automating it in some way. But not don't do it first. Don't leap to automation first. Right. You know, there's some simple solutions. And 
you touched on a, on a on a key point, and I'm going to make a reference in a little bit. In a little bit, it kind of goes back to my pick of the week, so okay. I'll, I'll bring that back up. But we'll have to remember. We'll have to remember what you said there about um, you know when to automate. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because automation is kind of a, a big topic, and and I will say that in a, in a later um, uh, episode for us, we're going to be touching on some lean aspects, and automation is definitely one of those areas mm-hmm. that we need to we need to talk about. Um, so, having a good document control system, you know, why is that important? I think that um, first of all, having a if you have a quality assurance program. Or if you're involved in any sort of uh, quality system, you've got to have good document control. You're going to be audited right. to having a good document control system. So what's the important aspects of it? You've got to be able to track your document. So revision control, mm-hmm. that, very that important. Is key. Yeah. Authoring is very important. Um, ensuring that anybody and everybody can get to the document is is very important you know and this includes the people out on the shop floor right that's you know that's fine and and i know we're smiling here because you know we've been down (laughs) down a bumpy road on this we have you know the the other the other thing that i was going to stick in there is that even though everybody can get to it yeah you have to manage and watch out for the folks that pull it off of whatever that share site is yes save a hard copy or save you know save a soft copy on their computer and use that for the next six or seven years. That's a it, it's a habit that happens everywhere. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and it because and it's so easy to do. So the only way to combat that is to constantly reprimand when you find it. And of course, when you're audited or when you're audited by a third party, and that's found, that's about the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, because it's 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 an easy. It's an easy solution. Well, it's an easy break in the system as mm-hmm. far as the auditor is, is concerned. He looks at that and goes, you obviously have not yeah. trained these people to understand that if they've got copies all over the place, those are uncontrolled copies. And if they don't have anything in place that tells them where to go back to to get the original, your system is broken. Right. So there are some very simple solutions out in the out in the uh, the tech world right now that can help you with document control without spending a ton of money. Um, my favorite, of course, is, is SharePoint. Yeah. SharePoint is such a... I am definitely a SharePoint fanboy, there is no <laughs> doubt. But but SharePoint, you can set up a, a system quickly and easily uh, as far as managing any sort of documents. So, you know, we've talked a lot about project-related documents, but I brought up at the beginning of this another half mm-hmm. and that is process related documents. So what do I mean by process related documents? I'm talking about the documents that help support your, your business, you know, the, the forms, the procedures, the work instructions, the standard work, the quality manuals, the quality policies, you know, all those kind of documents that support your program mm-hmm. and your business and making sure that you control those documents too. Yeah. But under the same, you know guidelines that you just talked about there for a project. You have to you have to control those those um, you know company driven documents as well. Yeah. For the and, and all for the same reasons, making sure people are using the right the right form. That's exactly because right. what are you going to do? You're going to waste time if you've picked the wrong form. Right. You know. I, I guess you know one thing that I think about, <clears throat> kind of an example that I thought of when I was um, preparing for the show was, 
you don't want to, you don't want to use a an expense report from ten years ago where the mileage rate that you have gotten is you know fifteen cents a mile, right? You're going to use the one that gives you fifty five cents a mile or whatever exactly. it is now, right? So so you know it's the same it's the same idea, and it should be the same idea because you know your your mileage rate paid back to you on your expense report is personal. Well, That's you know, a great example. Yeah, right. The the, the other forms and, and information that you've got to share with other people. It only wastes time, mm. if not, you know, ultimately money, when you use the wrong form and people have to chase you down to get the right form or whatever. And you've got to use a system that centralizes all that. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's why I go back to SharePoint because it's easy. But any sort of document control system has got to centralize that for everybody, whether it's project-related or process-related. Everybody's got to go, oh, the first place I'm going to go look yeah. is here. Right. That's got to be stuck in their mind. It's It's... Kind of like, uh, where's the first place they'd go look for a bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the it's the door with the person on it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what a great example, right? Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> um, so another, I think another key aspect that we've got to make sure we uh, pay attention to is the reporting aspect of document control. Um, you've got to make sure you've got to have some sort of good. Uh, reporting aspect, and maybe not so much on the process-related side, but definitely on the project-related side. So, you know, what I mean by that is is being able to list out documents associated to a job, or list out the current revision level of documents on a job, or list out the documents that were just sent out. Mm -hmm. So if if the engineer, going back to your example of the engineer, the engineer needs to know, hey, I just sent out what documents a week ago. Well, he should be able to query that out of the whatever system you have and be able to tell when they're supposed to be returned. And or even better, that system should be pinging you saying, hey, these documents were due yesterday or today. You should be thinking about calling the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it should be it should be right from the beginning in this on the sales side. Any of the specifications that came in that you based your proposal on, right. that should be that should be understood and controlled so that when the project manager later on down the road has got a discussion with the customer because there's a gap somehow, we talked about gaps before, you know, that that project manager, instead of digging through files or, or you know, looking on some project folder electronically, hey, what were the specs that we, that we received from the customer? You know, he should be able to produce a report that says this is what we do, kind of back to, you know, what is the standard that you work by and what's, what's the process of, of managing your information so that that project manager could go back and say, listen, these are the documents that we received. We built our proposal on it. The project's being built on it. If you've got something different now, then okay, let's talk. But there's no gap in understanding of what everything was based on. Yeah, I would, uh, I would suggest to any organization out there, if you're still using a network file share to manage your documents, you probably ought to look into improving that because in most cases that's not going to meet the requirements of any sort of quality system very well or very easily um, because you're constantly having to ad hoc, you know, your latest revisions, your history, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you're probably using spreadsheets to manage the information (laughs) and you're probably, you've probably got spreadsheets that are separate from one person to the next Uh, Those kind of items. So you ought to look at figuring out how to get out of um, the network file share type of 
uh, system. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's all we had, you know, yeah. not too many years ago. Uh, you know, SharePoint's probably been out for I don't know five, six, seven years, something like that. But uh, uh, but there are you know other document management tools uh, out there that are you know relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. The only problem you get into is they start trying those even start trying to do things to all people, and they're possibly wrapped in with an ERP system or a bolt-on to an ERP. So you know, do you yeah, want all the other better. bells and whistles? You know, so yeah. it, they can they can get expensive from that aspect. So. Uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap this up and, and talk about our picks for the week? I'm very interested to hear your pick. Well, no, I just uh, my pick my pick for the week was uh, just Inc.com, the, the website, and I follow them on Twitter. Okay, but when you when you talked about automation in today's one of the, one of the articles today was about um, highly highly efficient people. Mm-hmm. It talked about um, you know throwing away your to do list and automate. You know, so oh, wow. so you, it all depends on on how how valuable your time is and what you can what you can do with your time so that you can automate certain areas and then spend time on the important things. Okay. So, and, so did and, they give some examples? Well, oh yeah, I, I guess I don't I don't want to read them here, but it was um, in a book. In a and let's see, let's make sure it's a book. Um, a guy called Rory. Valden or Vaden, he's the author of Procrastination on Purpose. He says uh, he shared this profound idea of you know you know where to automate and where to you know spend your your quality time. And he said uh, automation is to your time as compound interest is to your money. So I like that. <laughs> that is that is a that is a good uh, good analogy. But it's got to be easy automation. Though. It can't be it can't be something right. difficult, right? Because yeah. because we're we're talking back to that that resource of time. Well, again, do you bridge into the gap of automating something that's for yourself or for your group? And are you actually reaching past a point that it affects uh, procedures and policies? Right. You know, so you got to be kind of careful about automation because what happens if that guy has automated something, then they, that person gets hit by the beer truck, and mm-hmm. then you got to figure out what he was doing oh, yeah, and well. and pick up. Let's say he was in the middle of a job. How was he doing his revision control and his document management? Did he create some little side rogue tool? Well, hopefully and nobody not. understands how yeah, it functions. Yeah. Automation. I, I'm the more and more. I think about automation. It's really got to be controlled mm-hmm. uh, and managed uh, well, or it can really yeah. kind of tear your. Yeah, do it on, on purpose. Up. On purpose for a given result. Yes, yes. yes. So my pick this week, <laughs> as as most of the geek heads would know, um, my favorite show has come back. X Files. <laughs> I was I was a fanatic about that show that right? back when it came out and and watched every episode mm-hmm. uh the first episode was after the football game the other night and the second one was last night and it's great it was good i saw it i, I, I saw it too i would i'm definitely a fan of the x-files yeah so. it's it's a great show i'm glad it's back i'm sad that it's so far only six episodes yeah but, you know we'll yeah. i guess they're probably testing the market we, to might, see if- we might get a little tired of uh of molder here so shortly <laughs> Yeah, probably. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We're all getting older, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so that was that's my uh, pick of the week. Uh, Sean usually has a tendency to stay towards the business, and I kind of veer off the path. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all we have uh, for this week. Uh, we enjoy your week, and we'll let you go. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And also you can drop us a line on the message page from there. Again, thank you and enjoy your week.